Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Today we're going to begin a series on the covenants in Scripture. Now, of course, we're not going to be able to cover every single covenant, but we're going to hit on most of the major, most important ones. Because you see, it would seem that every time God seeks to establish a lasting relationship with someone in Scripture, He establishes with them a covenant. The same goes for us, like marriage. Marriage is a covenant. It is a commitment, a lasting relationship. It's a partnership in which both parties have certain roles to fulfill in it. For example, in the partnership or covenant of marriage, the bride's role is to be a helpmate in the same way that we as the bride of Christ, the church or his helpmate, we do have a part to play in the partnership that he established through covenant. These roles are very important and faithfulness is chief among it. For example, in our marriage covenants between a man and a woman, which is a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. It is commonly taught when understanding the covenants of God that there are two types, that there are conditional covenants, that is agreements or contracts or partnerships wherewith there are conditions that must be met by both parties. And then there are unconditional covenants, which I tend to call promises because they don't come with a condition. Now, in my understanding, for the most part, and we will get into this when we deal with individual covenants, that amongst the covenant, that there are ordinances among them that are conditional, but then there are promises within them that sometimes are not conditional. So you can have elements of both within the same, but as a whole, overall, covenants are conditional by nature because they are agreements. In fact, the word sin in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, when you take it back to the original language, translates literally to failure. It is a failure to keep the agreement. An example of this would be when God told the Israelites that if you will obey my voice entirely, then you will be protected and blessed above every other nation. And I will not put upon you any of the plagues that have come upon the Egyptians. However, if you do not obey my words to you, then you will be cursed and his protection would be lifted. They would be outside of the covenant, outside of the agreement, not fulfilling their role in the partnership so that when this happens they move also outside of the realm of his protection not out of his love of course nothing can separate us from the love of God he loves us no matter what but just like in a marriage the bride can choose to be adulterous she can choose to run away his heart might still be for her it breaks every day as he pleads for her to come back into alignment with the terms of her marriage covenant to come back to faithfulness to her husband But God is a gentleman and he will not force us to be in partnership with him. He gives us the option to receive or reject. Choose this day whom you will serve. Choose whom you will be in covenant to. Understanding that the word sin literally means failure, a failure to keep 
the covenant, then you could say that if there were no agreement or covenant, then there would be no sin. Or you could say it like Paul did when he said, if there were no law, there would be no sin because sin is a failure to keep the condition of the covenant, the agreement, the partnership, the marriage. Because we understand marriage means the joining of two together. And so that God created us from the beginning in the garden to walk in fellowship with him and to have a role to play in his creation and even in the world to come. He has a purpose for us. This life is really only training for the greater purposes that he has for us. If we will be faithful in the little, he will make us ruler over much. Things we cannot even understand or comprehend. The Bible says that it has not even entered into the hearts of man, the things that he has in store for those who love and trust him. So we can take it back to the very beginning and we're gonna see as we move through all of the different major covenants where sin slipped in because that sin is failing to keep the covenants or partnerships. And this happens when they try to do things their own way, because you see God's role in all of the covenants was to speak. And it was our role to obey. He gave us very simple instructions and we had to trust him by faith. He did all of the work. He released all of the power. He provided all of the resources. He was our redeemer, our father, our provider, our good shepherd. But we had to follow the leading of his voice and no other. Or else we failed in our role in the partnership. And through it, let sin in to his perfect creation, his perfect plan, his perfect timing, his perfect ways. His perfect wisdom is always corrupted when we forsake his instruction and trusting in our own logic begin to work outside of the partnership. This is why Jesus warned us that there will be many on the day of judgment who will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied and cast out many devils in your name? And he will say, depart from me. You are still working iniquity. I never knew you. It is not those who call me Lord who get into heaven, but those who do the will of the Father which is in heaven. You can do many wonderful works on this earth, but if you did it of your own leading, of your own intellect, or even through the power of demons, as we saw happen many times in the New Testament, then you are working iniquity. You are working outside of the covenant. You're not working in partnership. He wasn't in it. You didn't do the will of the Father, which is in heaven. He speaks, we listen and obey. He sends the power of heaven to back up what he originally had to say. This is how the partnership works. It's how it always worked from the beginning to the end. This is how it worked even for Abraham. And God said he counted it unto him as righteousness. Righteousness means doing what God says is right. And it takes faith to do this. We have to believe what he has to say and obey. Therefore, does it all come by faith because it's not of our own strength or ability. It's only by his grace. So we've got to be connected. We've got to cling to our spiritual husband and not move without him. 
And many who have been brought up in modern Christianity might say, oh no, it's not really that easy or that complicated. At the same time, we've got wisdom, we've got our own mind, we know what's right, we can plan out our own life and just be good people and we'll get into heaven in the end. No, my friend, Jesus made it very clear that the way really is that narrow and that straight. Anything else is pride and arrogance and is the influence of that old serpent in the garden and that antichrist spirit which the bible says is self-willedness the antichrist it says will do his will and so will his followers they will have pride in their own ability and intellect and revelation and understanding their own leading they will be married to another married to the world system to an economy to that which promises them peace and security but it is outside of the leading, outside of the partnership, outside of the dependency that we have on Jesus. It's an unholy covenant or agreement with pride, arrogance, and intellect. The only commandment in the Satanic Bible is do as thou will. Trust in yourself. Obey your lust and your pleasures. Have faith in your own vain imaginations. This is all a failure to keep covenant partnership to fulfill your role of obedience to your spiritual husband. This is why Jesus told us how important it was that we would abide in the vine, that we would daily come in prayer and worship and draw from him to get our instruction and direction for the day, that we not begin to stray from this very narrow way. Two more aspects that we have of covenants that we will explore through the different patriarchs of scripture, but that can also apply to your own personal life, is that there are generational, but also personal covenants and promises. There are things that God will speak that are for you personally, but then there are things that he speaks to you that he intends to bring through you generationally. Understanding this can give you more patience for the things that he has promised. Everyone in scripture that God used mightily or blessed or spoke highly of waited upon the Lord. Because faith is proven in the waiting and so is love. Your faithfulness to the commitment or the covenant. While you keep your agreement proves your faith in him to fulfill his role in it. And my friend, he truly is faithful to the end. Remember that the scripture tells us that he is a God who keeps covenant unto a thousand generations. He will fulfill his promises to you and he himself will do it. Even if it takes him a thousand generations to bring it to its fruition, he is faithful to the end. He will finish what he started. So let us begin our series and look deeper into some of these covenants that we might gain a better understanding of it and of the way that he desires to work in partnership with each of us. One thing is clear, once you've studied the covenants, you begin to have more faith and understanding 
in god's faithfulness his ability his power but he will do nothing for the double-minded man who is unstable in all of his ways according to scripture that word mind is translated from a word in the greek that literally means spirit or soul that means somebody who's listening to more than one spirit and having their soul or their emotions influenced in different directions you've got to stick to the straight and the narrow path yes it is straight and it is narrow you have to maintain your faith in what god first told you and what he says in the scripture and what he spoke to you maintain your faith in it and he will release the grace to finish it it is a work that you cannot achieve in and of yourself once you put your hands to the wheel he takes his off it's now your will not his so trust him seek him daily and obey every word he has to say in faith no more no less don't add anything to it or take from it and you'll be blessed and yes you will be tempted even jesus was tempted of the devil but he also tells us that there is no temptation that he has not made a way of escape from but again you've got to seek him my friend to get it because if you're not spending time with god in the prayer closet you're going to fall to the snares of the enemy he is ruthless he never ceases to set traps for you and he'll make it look so good in fact, the Bible says that the Antichrist will cause many to fall away from the faith by flattery, and they will even think they're doing God's will in the process. So every day, keep praying, keep believing, keep speaking, keep expecting, keep professing, keep abstaining. These are all demonstrations of having faith in what he has spoken. What you truly believe in your heart, you will speak out of your mouth. You will continue to expect it and live for it and make decisions every day based on it. You will profess it boldly to those around you who stand against it. And you will abstain from the things that will cause you to stray from the path that he has set before you. It is narrow, it is straight, but it leads to a gate of life. It leads to the promises of God. But above all, the advice that I would give for those who are living in covenant promises with God is have patience and keep waiting. You keep praying and praising and believing and expecting and he will make it happen no matter how impossible the situation. Remember King David, God made a covenant with him that he would be king and that the seed of Abraham that was promised would come through his lineage. There was a promise there and he believed it. And because of it, he did not chase the crown. In fact, several times when he had the opportunity to take it prematurely, he laid it down. He allowed the crown to chase him so that whenever he got it, he got it in its fullness. It was in the proper season. And so we're going to end today's introduction into our series on covenants with Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22, where the Lord God Almighty tells you this. He says, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.